Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. Seku Smith from NBA.com, my main man, Lang Whitaker in New York. Yo. Welcome to the NBA summer that never ends, Lang. It it never stops. News every day. It's, it's like a... It's ridiculous. It's like Washington D.C. There's a new, you know, new blazing headline every day regarding basketball. It's, I would tell you, it's been a fun summer. And then I remember we were in Vegas last week or what two weeks ago, and it was the same thing out there. Summer league in headlines every day. To help us break some of that down, let's talk to the professor, our main man, Paul Flannery of SB Nation, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Paul, we just want to find out first and foremost, just right off the bat, have you requested a trade? And if so, what are your preferred destinations? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to go to Kauai. Do they have a franchise? Oh, man. No, what do, you, what do you make of it? What do you make of all this craziness this summer? What I mean, this this has been the craziest NBA summer I can remember since LeBron decided to take his talents to South Beach. Yeah, but at least that was over. Yes, that like, was a one-hit wonder. Right. It happened, immense fallout for weeks, really. And then, okay, it's like late July. You know, there's that day when everybody's like, huh, I think we're done. Are we done? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're done. There's a couple things left here and there, but I think we're good. And I hit that moment. I'm like, all right, here I am. I'm good. I got vacation lined up in August. And then, no. No, we're not done. <laughs> no, we're, no. We're not done. Thanks to Kyrie Irving, we're nowhere near done. Yeah. Cavaliers point guard Lang has decided he wants a trade. Minnesota, Miami, San Antonio, New York are on his hot list. Is this craziness on Kyrie's part to 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 divorce LeBron James in, in an automatic trip to the Eastern Conference Finals every year for greener pastures elsewhere, I guess? We can break it down a lot of different ways, but to answer your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you – Want to go? I mean, I think this is a case of the grass looking greener somewhere else, right? Uh, and then once you get there, perhaps that grass is a little more brown. A couple um, of brown spots on the side, patch that I just mean, won't I, grow at all. Who am I talking to about lawn care? <laughs> there? Since Seku won the award in his neighborhood, yes, yard of the year last year. Is baby. that right? Yes. Oh, it took a fantastic. lot of look. It took, took a lot of hard work. I had to pay a whole lot of money to my yard man who was helping me get it together. Um, <laughs> That's great. Congrats! Man. I don't know if anybody realized I had a professional helping, but anyway, my bigger point here is that <laughs> if Kyrie's going to ask for a trade, uh, whatever, that's his right to to ask for that. I just I don't understand why. Let me ask you this, Paul: Does the twenty-five-year-old Paul Flannery <laughs> admire? Kyrie a little bit, you know, saying, you know what? I don't want to be little brother. I don't want to operate in LeBron's shadow. I want my own show. I want to be the man. I want I want everything on my shoulders. Does the younger you appreciate that kind of ambition? 
Listen, the younger me was like, you know, trying to figure out how it's going to get from Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> like, let alone, hey, let me go. I want to go carry a franchise on my own. So, like, I, yeah, it's, it's, I love how you phrase that, Seeker, because, like, that's how I was trying to think about it. I'm like, man, I don't even, I have no idea what I would do in that situation. Oh. But now that I am of discerning age, you know, in my <clears throat> early 40s, right. I look and I say, no, I'm with Lang. I'm like, no way. Of course not. Like, no, you stick. We've seen this play out so many times over yeah. the years, guys, and it rarely ends well. Um, and, you know, stay with LeBron as long as you can. Live in golden paradise. If if LeBron wants to go somewhere, ask him to take him with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, please take me with you, Bron. So, right, I'd stay attached to that guy's hip for the rest of my career if I could. But – you know, I, I think that's really what this comes down to is 25-year-old Kyrie wants to see what he can do on his own. But the thing about the little brother thing, Saker, that you mentioned, like that yeah. Kyrie doesn't want to be the little brother anymore. If he's the little brother to Paul George, right? I can see, okay, I want to spread my wings. I want to give this a shot. Sure, It's something different to be the little brother to arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Right. <laughs> maybe one of the top five players to ever play the game in his prime. That's something different. I know. To I, me. I thought about this long and hard over the weekend and I was arguing with a, my cousin and I'm not going to tell you which one. Cause he'll be, he'll be upset if I put his name out there. He, <laughs> he insists that Kyrie is a top three point guard. And I was like, dude, oh, no. I said, dude, I don't even know if he's in the top five. <laughs> Oh, no. And so we battled all weekend. And I, I'm telling you, I had a hard time squeezing Kyrie into my top six. Because he doesn't play both ends like some of these other guys. Like, right. Steph is even a more willing, to me, defender. Like, Steph's not a great defender by any stretch. But he gets in passing lanes and gives effort. I'm telling you, Kyrie, there are times, and I forget Kyrie's on the floor on the defensive end. Like, he's literally a non-factor. Give us your ratings. Well, I had Russ, and this is in, you know, a scratchy order. Right, right. I had Russ. I had CP3. I have James Harden, who I don't care what anybody says. He's technically a point guard, according to Mike D'Antoni. I got John Wall. I got Isaiah Thomas. And, and that, like I said, Kyle when, Lowry. when I get to five, somebody, somebody sent me something that was awesome. They said regular season Kyle Lowry, which I was like, yes. And I was like, that's a great distinction. <laughs> that's a point. That's regular a season Kyle Lowry definitely belongs on that list. But, you know, you can't confuse what Steph Curry's done, obviously. I mean, he's a two-time MVP, two-time champion. There's no, under no circumstance could I rank Kyrie ahead of him. There's just, I mean, it's just a, a logjam at the position. Right. And we saw Kyrie pre-LeBron. He was a numbers guy. He put up really good numbers. I watched him in the World Championships in Spain where he was unbelievable. It was the first time I got to really lock in and focus on Kyrie and his game, and he was just – he's such a dynamic offensive player. But I don't know that he, he ranks high on anybody's list when you're talking about complete guys, guys who can play both ends. It's, it's funny you mentioned Isaiah. I looked that up because, you know, here in Boston – uh, the the mob demands that we trade for every single player who ever becomes available. Danny needs to get to give up those assets right this very second. Right so I looked up the Isaiah Kyrie thing, and if you look it up on Basketball Reference, do a side by side comparison of mm-hmm. their last season. They are remarkably similar. Right. 
remarkably similar in terms of in terms of production. And, you know, and then you think to yourself, oh, OK, like, you know, do, well, of course you want Kyrie Irving. Well, they're about the same. Now he's younger and all that, too. Sure. So, yeah, that's that's where Kyrie is. And that's by the way, that's an amazing place to be. We're in this golden age of point guards where being at that level is still a star caliber player. Right. Mm-hmm. If this is five, ten years ago, that's an even elevated player. But there's so many great point guards right now. And, yeah, I don't know where he fits in all that. And I don't know how he fits as the number one guy. No. And, listen, you put him side by side with Isaiah Thomas. The context is Isaiah Thomas is not playing with LeBron. Right. right. He's not playing with with the best player on the planet who has – listen, you say whatever you want about LeBron. For him to go back to Cleveland and to play a style of game – where even he admits he took a step back from the monster numbers he could put up to make sure Kyrie thrived. I mean, he's done all this while making sure Kyrie continues to ascend, that his game continues to get better. I have no idea what will possess anybody to want to leave a situation where you get to play with a guy as good as LeBron who's still going to let you be who you are and do what you want to do on the court. I just, I don't, I don't want to assume anything without knowing the details of what's going on. Yeah, man, that's but this is something more than that, right? This is something more than basketball. I, I love. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just no. I, I, I came to this revelation while I was thinking about the show, <laughs> and I wanted to share it with you guys. The list, the list of four teams to me is totally fascinating mm. because when I first saw the list, I was like, I don't. Th- th- these don't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> and then the more I thought about it, the more I realized it checks every single box on the why would he want to do it chart, right? <laughs> like Minnesota, Jimmy Butler, they apparently become best friends. Here we are. Right. I'm teaming up with a peer. Mm-hmm. New York, you want to be the biggest star in the world? Hey, man, what better place than the Big Apple, the Mecca, New York, right? And then you get down to San Antonio. I am the selfless player who will put team <laughs> ahead of my own individual. I will go to San Antonio or Miami, which is sort of the ultimate revenge fantasy. I'll go to yeah. where LeBron came from. <laughs> and team up with Pat Riley. It's awesome. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure story, and I don't know, Kyrie's always been a sphinx to me. I don't know where he's really coming from on this. Yeah, this It doesn't I, add up. One thing is when he's, the list says New York, but I wonder if that means Brooklyn also. There's never been any clarification on that. Right. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. It's, not, it's, it, it's, it, it's such a nebulous list that you can do anything with it. Yeah. And Lang, seriously, Kyrie is a... New York kid or New Jersey, you know, tri-state area, whatever you want to call it. He's from that area. I get that. I get the Jimmy Butler connection if, if these guys are tight and they, you know, and he's looking and saying, I want to play with a peer. Miami, any fool that appreciates Cafe Con Leche and the scene <laughs> would want to go to Miami. San Antonio, that makes, that one makes no sense to me. Not only would you be going to a place where the, the system overshadows the star, you're not even going to be the man down there. That's Kawhi Leonard's team. That's not going to be Kyrie's team. The one thing I thought about that was maybe he has a good relationship with Pop from USA Basketball. When? He was around, around, you know, because he was coaching the – he was observing, right? Yeah, but Coach K was the guy. I mean – I know, but but maybe – I don't know. I I thought about that picture we saw of Pop with uh, James Harden and Chris Paul from Summer League. right. You know, maybe he has a similar relationship. I don't know. But that was the only thing I could come up with. Okay, look, I'm going to put it this way. 
the most delusional group of people involved in this entire thing. We've heard all of the rumors about LeBron being upset. Then LeBron says he's not. LeBron's going to whoop Kyrie when he sees him. Then he's, you know, I, that's fake news. And then I watched Kobe Altman and, and Dan Gilbert yesterday. And I thought to myself, these dudes are on a whole other planet with this thing. They're acting like, oh, Kyrie never, like he never even demanded this trade. Like it never happened. And I'm thinking, are the people in Cleveland delusional enough to think that this all ends well, that LeBron and Kyrie are going to make up and everything will be great and the Cavaliers will keep going to the, you know, the, the NBA Finals for the next five years? I mean, this is this is over, right? I don't – well, I was on the radio in uh, Akron yesterday. Oh, what are you, crazy? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, they, they kept talking about this whole thing in the past tense. And I said, you know, if there's one thing I've learned – being around this league the last 20 years <laughs> it ain't over till it's over you never know i mean we, we heard shaq and kobe doing this for three years as as the titles piled <laughs> oh, up right I, 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 I until it's over i i wouldn't say it's over i don't know we should all write a collective book together called if there's one thing i know <laughs> <laughs> like the 88 things that we oh. have learned about the nba because yes i agree with you mike i see and i i'm like i'm looking at this and saying to myself how do you salvage this when you know lebron's clock is ticking this yep. time next summer lebron can move on and, and i and i respect Kyrie having full comprehension of that and saying you know what before I get left holding the the ashes the way Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh did in Miami, I'm getting out of here. And I have no qualms with Kyrie about saying, I want out of here. Everybody's like, well, he's under contract for two years. Man, dudes ask for trades all the time. Dudes, dudes try and force their way out of places and situations all the time. At least he walked in there man-to-man, face-to-face, and said, hey, I want, I, you know, I, I want you to move me. He could, I agree with you. He could have been a brat and been a complete a-hole for the next couple of years yeah. and made life miserable for everybody, or he could go in there and just say, hey, you know what? I want to play somewhere else. I agree that he's has the right to go in there and ask for a trade. Other guys ask for trades all the time. But it also, to me, speaks to uh, not planning this thing out <laughs> perhaps as well <laughs> as he could have because he's not really given himself a lot of options here. and. You know, with two years left on a deal to say I want to go to these four places and not to have a no trade clause, right? That they can send him wherever they want. Yeah. So I, you know, where do you guys think he ends up? I I think Phoenix still makes the most sense. I like Phoenix. I would love to see he and Devin Booker play together. I think that could be a diabolical offensive machine if you had those two together. I, I always side with a player when he's hell bent on going somewhere and he's decided this is where I want to be. But I just can't see Cleveland sending him anywhere in the East. I, mm. There's no way I'd send him, I'd trade him East if I'm Cleveland. I could, if they could I, wait for Minnesota. I was going to say, I could see Minnesota happening if if they're patient enough to wait to the trade deadline to do something. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. Maybe they can wait until, you know, uh, Teague's eligible to be traded. What's right. that, October 15th? Right. De- December, like 15th. December 15th. December 15th. <laughs> Look at Lang. He's trying to get this thing done immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe they're able to hold this thing off until then. You know, you're just it's a long time. It's a long time. Can you I imagine tra- the first day of training camp? If oh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, let me ask you this. And aside from him getting smashed on by his kid 
and it going viral. Is Danny Ainge sitting back and smiling harder than anybody, knowing that he doesn't have to squeeze his assets to do anything? He can almost sit and wait for Cleveland. That's to, what his plan was anyway. To blow away and just <laughs> keep doing his thing. Like, I thought that was the plan all along. To wait, they're just waiting was. until twenty twenty. It was a, it was a, it was an element of the plan. Like yes. this plan has many layers to the levels, <laughs> as I have documented over the last few years. Uh, yeah, no, you guys have you know the famous photos of Danny Ainge with that Cheshire grin. Yeah, I think that's been plastered on his face this whole summer. Yeah. I'm not sure. There's a couple of things could have maybe broken his way a little bit better, but not many. Yeah. The Paul George yeah. thing. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, this is perfect. If if you're a Cleveland fan, like, whose jersey or picture are you burning first when all of this blows up in your face? Like, when if Kyrie gets traded, LeBron leaves next year, do you, is it Kevin Pritchard? for not trading you Paul George like does he become the new art model of Northeast Ohio like is he the dude who's the figure you point to and go if we, this guy just would have done this one thing well we'd if be you're fine. Kevin Pritchard you did what you were supposed to do right like I mean you didn't make the Cavs better <laughs> you didn't make the Pacers that, much better either no but you also didn't make the <laughs> and you didn't get any future assets better. yeah so well unless you count Sabonis and Oladipo's future assets, but yeah, it, I, if I'm a Pacers fan, I'm I'm okay with it. No, but I'm saying if you're in Cleveland, but they're supposed to not like the GMs of the other teams, right? Yeah, but all he had to do was sign <laughs> off on this trade, and and if you're the Cavaliers, you're rolling, everything's fine. You got you're ch- you're challenging the Warriors instead of looking up at them now like they're a hundred feet further away from you. Yeah. It's an easy deflection to make yeah. if you're if you're there, but like it kind of overlooks the fact there might be a bigger issue here or two. <laughs> like you know, not having a GM until through all this whole process because the guy walked out the door. <laughs> and listen, full disclosure: um, Michael Lee and I were in Vegas and we saw David Griffin at, at dinner one night at everybody's favorite tapas spot, Firefly. Not everybody's. Well, those who have, those who haven't succumbed to uh, the gastrointestinal uh, <laughs> issues that have plagued our favorite place every now and then. Don't want to hear but about it. It was it was strange, man. Like you know how you see GMs when they're at the height of their power, and they're like, you know, it can be frosty. But David Griffin has gone through a lot, obviously, with the Cavaliers the last three years, and then his health issues as well. Seeing him in I mean, he gave gave us man hugs. It was, you can tell he. I mean, I think this thing knocked him down a little bit, obviously, because I, I'm assuming he thought for sure he would either get a new contract in Cleveland, and get a chance to continue building on what they've done since LeBron came back, or there would be some other opportunity out there for him, and it hasn't happened. I mean, it, for whatever reason, he hasn't found a fit in a front office elsewhere. Is it? Do you think it's as simple as? Had they had that continuity, maybe they avoid some of these mishaps. Maybe he smooths this thing over with LeBron and Kyrie. This never, you know, sees, you know, the light of day. And, and maybe one of those deals that they were hoping to get done gets done if if David Griffin's in place. Let's unwind this a little bit because the reason he hasn't had really many opportunities is there weren't that many out there. Sure. Sure. Because the Cavs kept denying him permission for these open jobs, right, right. which that, there was one in Milwaukee, there's one in Orlando, and then the one that became available was New York. 
Right. And I think he saw a little bit of David Griffin's character in that situation where the, you know, the reason he walked away was over, you know, wanting to have final authority and final control. And if he's not right. going to have that, he's not going to, he's not going to do the job. Right. So, you know, I mean, look, not every, not every GM says, says no to the Knicks at big money, especially when you just found yourself out of work. Sure. And that's what he did. So I think, you know, I, I don't want to paint the guy as a saint. I, I think he's really good at his job. I, right. I, have a, I have a great relationship with him. But I think that faced with what he was faced with in Cleveland, I'm not sure he knew what was going to happen. And I think that sort of, you know, dysfunction and uncertainty has led to a lot of this stuff. Could he have saved it if he had stuck around? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a great question that we'll never yeah. know the answer to. But seemed like he put out a lot of fires in his time there. Pretty successfully. Somebody did. It had to be him or somebody. Somebody did. Maybe it was Kobe Altman. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll find out that the real magician, the real wizard in, in Cleveland has been this guy. But I'm, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've only – I don't know him. I don't know that I've ever had a conversation with him. I've seen him, of course. But that was a pretty anonymous crew outside of Griffin in Cleveland in terms of who's been pulling strings and running the show up there the past three years. A lot of people tell you – this the the real GM is still there, of course, in LeBron. Which I think that's overblown. Well, which leads me to my next question for both you guys: Does does passive aggressive LeBron this summer strike you as a guy? <laughs> I, I keep hearing people saying, "Well, you know, LeBron he's he doesn't know what he's going to do yet." And I'm thinking, really, you think this guy is sitting around waiting to figure out, you know, which way the the wind's blowing to decide his next step? That's this, he's way too calculated for that. LeBron has to have an exit strategy already in mind and in place if he's going to leave Cleveland. Sacred to me, this kind of speaks to what we talked about on the blog table this week, which the question was, what's next for LeBron? And I've heard all the people say, well, he's definitely going to the West Coast. He's uh, After this next season, he's going to L.A. And Craziness, by the way, to me. To me, too. Let's go like, to the Stack West and see if we can yeah. beat the Warriors from the inside. <laughs> I, it's like, what? Anything, Danny Age's grin grows wider. (laughs) (laughs) LeBron is uh, calculating. He's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. He's thinking five moves ahead. Sure. Why would he go to a team that's in the same conference, in the same division? Same division. As the maybe the best team in the last decade, you know? He's going to hide in plain sight. Hey, Warriors, you don't see me down here in LA. I don't know why he would do that. Yeah. If he wants the easiest path back to the finals, to having the best chance of winning a title, to me that that still goes through the Eastern Conference. Um, I mean, especially with the the Millsap, George, yeah, like this Butler, great migration of talent yeah. to the West. It's like <laughs> if anything, it's even easier now in the East. So th- this kind of gets to what are the Cavs going to do with this whole Kyrie situation? If they lose Kyrie Irving, do they have to get a player back that's of the same caliber they to can't. have a shot to get to the finals again? I don't think they do. I don't think they can. Well, okay. Where are you going to find a 25-year-old all-star gold medalist uh, champion who hit the biggest shot in franchise? Like, where are you going to find that dude at? So my thought is maybe this is when they can kind of make up for what they've been going through the last five years. You mean all the you know, mistakes? Well, all the times that they've chosen Anthony Bennett to, trading Wigan. I mean, all the yeah. times they've gone for experience over youth, right? Or expediency and, you know, over sure whatever. Yeah. Trading a first round pick for Channing Fry, trading a first round pick Oy. for Cal Corver. Maybe you can move uh, Kyrie Irving 
you can get a younger player who can give you minutes, who might have the opportunity to grow into something in the next couple of years, and you can get a couple of draft picks. Uh, and maybe this is your chance to do that, and you might still be good enough to win the Eastern Conference with a LeBron-Kevin Love duo and whatever you can put in on top of that. Right. Paul, we talked about Vegas. You, you're a man who appreciates a good bet. Are you betting on LeBron above all things? <laughs> Both are. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm betting on LeBron above all things. As yeah. long as LeBron's in the East, then then Correct. they, whatever team that is, that is the favorite. And you know, when you when we think about these these possible offers, you know, I'm still intrigued by the idea of Eric Bledsoe. And if if I knew that Eric Bledsoe was going to be healthy, which I do not know, and that's a huge – talk about a bet. That's a huge yeah. bet to make. But I would be intrigued with the idea of a super fast, tur- turbocharged Eric Bledsoe with something to prove right. unleashed next to LeBron. That's an interesting team to me. You know, I hear the Wiggins stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but it's going to take Wiggins a little while to get to get rolling here. I mean, if you're looking to continue – as Cleveland and I, Lang, I'm with you. I think if I'm LeBron, man, like just stay in Cleveland and you know build this thing. Maybe you can be not just be the shadow GM. You can be the de facto GM. <laughs> Maybe you can be running the whole franchise by the time you're left because you've be got the, the leverage here all day long. So you know all these different things. I think we'll find out a lot about what they're doing based on what the return on the trade is, right? And what I like about Phoenix, real quick, is that. You could do Bledsoe, and you could also get some young guys back or picks or something. You can get a little something for the future thrown on top of that. I don't know if Phoenix would do it, but if I could get Bledsoe and Josh Jackson. There's no way. Uh, See, and I'm, no if way. I'm Phoenix, there's no way I'm giving up Josh Jackson. I agree. Absolutely. And you've already said that. <laughs> I love I Kyrie, but there's no way. Right. Uh, you know. But Marquise, Chris, or, no, I know these guys are unformed and Dragon whatever. Bender, but, yeah, I'll give you one of them. I'll give you one of them, but I'm not, you know, I mean, which team theoretically makes the most sense, though, from a basketball perspective, like from a compete right now perspective for Kyrie? Yes. Like if, if for, and for Cleveland, like if you're going to send him somewhere, you want him out of your hair in the Eastern Conference, but you want to make sure you, you know, that this goes down the, the way you need it to for, to keep everybody happy. If your Kyrie isn't your best chance to win, staying in the East somewhere. <laughs> Or San Antonio, maybe, or, or maybe the idea Miami. of you and Kawhi together, reunited with Dion Waiters in Miami. You know. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't even think about that. I never oh, even thought oh, about oh. that. It's got layers and levels. Man. Oh my gosh, this summer never ends. This this never. this drama never this this soap opera that has become NBA off seasons. It never ends, and I lo- and you know what the worst part is, I love it. <laughs> like I, we should hate this. We should be upset that we're going to be going into August still talking about trades and free agency and foolishness. I remember as recently as maybe seven or eight years ago when you could go ghost in the NBA for like the first three <laughs> weeks of August and nobody said a word. Like nope, nothing. There was crickets. I That's tried over. it the other day. Yeah. I tried. I went and saw Dunkirk. And I'm getting emails about Alan Crabb getting traded. <laughs> well, listen, guys. I it, I don't care what this happens. I am definitely ghosting in August because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a stay at home dad. Like <laughs> like it's all it's already done. It's planned. It's happening. And the little guy does not care. He doesn't care about. He doesn't care about Kyrie Irving. Paul, <laughs> we appreciate it. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna cross my fingers because as much as I love. The Fotang Cafe, and Lord knows I've eaten a lot 
Abami sandwiches and rice the past three Junes. Boston's one of my favorite food towns. And if we if we get a chance to come to Boston for the finals, which I mean, you know, you know, it's one of those championship places that there's so much. I mean, I'm not going to be upset if Danny Ainge is smiling next June. If he's, I if should he's also point out here, Paul is in the. He's one of the charter members of the Other Mama Las Vegas oh, yeah. dining oh. club. Oh. Seku got to go this year. So Lang, I've thought about this, and Seku, I've thought about this. If the finals come back to Boston, I've got the spot all picked out. Okay. I mean, like, I might, you know, guys reserve finals hotels like in February or January. Yes, I know a couple people who do that. I might reserve it now for like, say, like 2019, 2020, because it's really hard to get a reservation there. And it's going to be, it's going to be a select list, but Um, you guys are definitely on it. Yes. We need to make that, we need to make the cool kids list. I won't even reveal the place because it's that good. I'm with it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Listen, Paul Flannery of SB Nation, the professor. Hanging out with us on the Hangtime Podcast. Listen, we appreciate it. We're getting ready to we're getting ready to browbeat our other favorite smartest dude, John Schumann, with some of his NBA trivia, Paul. So we'll tell him you said hello and uh enjoy being a stay at home dad, my man. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Paul. Shoo. What's up, sir? I don't want to hear any complaining about your uh, off-season and the kitchen not being done yet. You better have some trivia for us. Fellas, what's going on? Chilling. All right, so here we are, July 27th. Free agency is basically done for the most part. But we have a couple of trade possibilities. But I want to know, as rosters stand right now, with uh, Kyrie Irving still in the Cavs and Carmelo Anthony still on on the Knicks, and no, not all deals are official, but I'm talking about with deals agreed upon. Mm-hmm. What team is set to return the highest percentage of last year's minutes on its roster? So basically, if you took all the minutes played from from last year mm-hmm. and and accounted for like the team, the players that are still on the roster, the percentage of last year's minutes that are coming back. Wow, that's I've got a good question. Idea. You got a guess? The Golden State Warriors. No. no, Warriors are fourth on the list at about eighty-five uh, percent of last year's minutes, mm-hmm. with a bunch of free agents. Ian Clark, sort of being the 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 guy, a free agent that doesn't look like he's coming back, played right. uh, eleven hundred minutes last year. So right. they're actually fourth on the list. What about what about John Hartzell's mighty Milwaukee Bucks? Good. That's a great guess. Number two oh. at about eighty-seven percent. Mm-hmm. So there, that's a good guess. Eighty-seven percent. Almost all their minutes coming back. Right. One uh, team ahead of them. Uh, is it a playoff team? Correct. Yes, it is a playoff. Is it team. Washington? Washington. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. About eighty-eight percent of last year's minutes are coming back. I don't know if that's a good thing. For Washington, well, I mean, sometimes you need a. Well, I mean, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, the only ones they're they're really losing are are some bench guys like Bogdanovich is the is right. came who came after the after the uh, deadline at yeah. the trade deadline is like the guy who played the most minutes for them and is not coming back just six hundred minutes. So, right. so basically, the top eight guys in minutes on Washington are back. Where do you come up? Where do you come up with this stuff? Like. Seriously, who sits around in the dead of summer thinking of it? Yeah, 
I've done this sort of continuity (laughs) stuff each of the last few years, so it's something that I've already got, like, made up, and it just sort of, you have to go through the rosters, and it's kind of a fun little, fun little tool. So who do you think is last? What team is is returning the fewest percentage? Lang's Atlanta Hawks. No, they're they're fourth. They have the fourth lowest number. Oh, okay. 45, I was say. They, they obliterated their roster, so I figured they would be. Yeah, yeah. but they still three have Schroeder and Bazemore. Three teams below them. Uh, man, who's got a lot of? Whose team has just been decimated? Like, who took their team? Two, about? two in the West, one in the East. The Clippers. Clippers are uh, second to last, thirty-eight percent. Obviously, losing uh, Paul and Reddick and Crawford, the the big ones. What about the other team uh, in LA? And Bob Mute. Lakers no. actually now fifty eight percent. That's oh, okay. the ninth, eighth or ninth uh-huh. eighth or ninth fewest. Minnesota? Um, Minnesota. Nope. No. Sixth fewest, fifty seven percent. This team is the 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 one that's re- returning the fewest is at thirty two percent. Now remember, this is all of last year's minutes. So it they they're the biggest one that this team lost was actually lost or one of the biggest ones that this team lost was actually lost at the trade deadline last year. In the West or the East? Western Conference team. Hmm. Who was the big trade at the Who trade the deadline, last, the deadline year? last year? Sacramento and the Pelicans? Right, Sacramento. Sacramento is returning only 32% of last year's minutes. That's a good thing. So Darren Collison is the, is the one who played the most minutes last year that's gone. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Aaron Aflalo, Anthony Tolliver, Matt Barnes, Ben McLemore, and Rudy Gay all got all played at least a thousand minutes for the Kings last year and are no longer there. Yeah, that's actually um, nice though. I mean, they're they're starting fresh with uh, yeah. With... Garrett Temple basically is the guy who played the most minutes on that team and is still there last year. Wow. So what you're saying is cover your eyes for the first few weeks. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Sacramento as far as fewest. It's Sacramento Clippers and then Indiana. Was the, is the Eastern Conference team bringing the fewest uh, minutes back? Obviously, uh, Paul George and uh, Jeff Teague, uh, C.J. Miles, all gone. Right, right. Shu, just wanted to get your opinion on w- one other thing here. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, uh, in an interview with C.J. McCollum on the Players Tribune, they talked about expansion. Now, I don't know if you and Lang are old enough. I know you guys are millennials or whatever, so I don't know if you even remember going to Seattle in Vancouver on road trips in the NBA, which Greybeard, such as myself, remember it fondly. Well, I'm not so, that young, but I haven't been covering the <laughs> league as long as you have. Adam Silver talked about it being inevitable that at some point, you know, they'll start looking at growth of franchises. And he, I mean, he uttered the the magic word, Seattle, which of course sends our man Bonesberry and Jamal Crawford and all these people into like a frenzy hoping that a team goes back there. Other than Seattle, which what city do you think should get an expansion team, or would you love to see get an expansion team? And we That's can argue question. about whether or not expansion is a good idea another time. I just, I'm just, just curious, which city would you like yeah, to see? Seattle would definitely be my number one pick. Mm-hmm. I think Vancouver is another one that you would – you would think, although maybe those two t- those two places are too close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess St. Louis is one that has an arena, right? Yeah, the Scott Trade Center, or whatever. Two? But I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. Isn't there some rule they can't put one in St. Louis? Why? 
I'm not sure. From the ABA thing from way back? There's like a... I don't know I don't about know. that. I don't think so. And then maybe Louisville? Louisville has, a, I think, an NBA uh, quality arena. Yeah. I, saw, I actually saw it this year, so it's pretty nice. And obviously uh, uh, Kentucky has a, a huge you know, basketball culture. Right. And you know, you know, any team, almost every team is going to have at least one or two Kentucky or Louisville alums <laughs> on the team. So, so like if you get, you know, if you get an expansion team there and whoever's the latest star to come out of Kentucky or what, or, or Louisville get, right. you know, drafted by that team, then you're in, you're in good shape. Yeah. So that would be one. I think that maybe deserves a, or should be under consideration. What about you, Len? My vote, my vote would be for Paris <laughs> or London. That's good choice. Good choices. I'm up for that. I, I think Seattle would be great. Of course, it's my, one of my favorite places. What about what about San Diego? I mean, if we're just talking strictly road trips, you know, and if you're a beat writer, where would you like? You know, if you have to go to Detroit in February in Milwaukee, and you know, on back to backs. You should be able to balance it out with a Phoenix, L.A., San Diego tri- triangle at some point. I just think she that would be. I think that would be fair for beat writers around the world. I'm up for San Diego. Shout out to everybody grinding on the. Beat. Get some good Mexican food probably down there. Oh my so. gosh, I know exactly where you could get some. No, so I have a place that. already scoped out. I've been there many times. All right, Shu. Well, look is the is the kitchen remodeled finished? Are you guys back up and running? What's up? It's it's ninety five percent done. It's oh, functional. Come on, We're just missing a couple of lights and mm. the hood over the uh, stove, and we'll All be right. we'll be good to go. So. Well, I mean, in a house with with a couple of architects or former architects, you didn't go in there at the last minute, like on HGTV, and be like, "We want this light over here, and we want." <laughs> Six more inches on the kitchen island. Like you didn't pull that snot at the last minute, did you? No, but it's still been a long, long process, and uh, we're a little tired of eating out every two meals a day. So see? we're happy to be functional at least. At we should have. So. We should have made a call to Chip and JoJo and see if they come and go on the road and do something in Jersey instead of just it's too expensive, in Texas. man. That's my plan for retirement. Once the kids, once the kids get out of college and stuff, then we're I'm, we're buying a second house in Waco just to. Uh, <laughs> you can buy a house there for like seventy five thousand dollars, and you know go to go to the bakery and have have uh, cupcakes every day. <laughs> you knew the, they, they call that stalking in Texas. You Schumann's going to move into the silos. <laughs> they can, they call that they call that stalking. They get restraining orders for that shoe. Hey, you know. you know, it's all about the quality of work. Yeah, right. <laughs> nice. John Schumann with the Schumann stat, the award-winning Schumann stat here on the Hangtime Podcast. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas. All right, brother. Thanks, John. John Schumann, my man. Anyway, like, this this NBA offseason, I was going to say we'll shut it down and everybody get a little rest. And yada, that's not going to happen. This NBA offseason will continue to crank. So make sure you follow every bit of the action on NBA.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Make sure you leave a glowing review and come back every Thursday. And if you want to stand out, you need to leave the kind of five-star review that Bronson Johnson in Australia left. <laughs> Listen, Is that this, his real this, name? That, according to him, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. I love this, though. This is This is his five-star review he left. 
for the Hang Time Podcast. Two great NBA minds talking ball and making it entertaining every time. The Schumann stat is low-key my favorite part, as I guess, along with the boys. Keep it up, Lang, Sekou, and John. That's from Bronson Johnson in Australia. Bronson, we're not just guessing, dude. We are throwing knives in the dark. We have no idea on these trivia questions. So when we get them after four tries, we deserve a little credit because we have no idea coming in what it's going to be. He's no tragic Bronson. (laughs) Bronson Johnson in Australia. Shout out to you, my man. We appreciate you. Thanks to Paul Flannery and John Schumann uh, for joining us this week on the Hang Time Podcast. We will see you right here next week. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata.